It shook me, eh? I'm just carrying on a bit. <laughs> You're an animal. watching us on YouTube or listening to us on your favourite podcast platform. Welcome back to the Talk Hub Podcast. Episode 17, brother. Welcome back. We've been busy boys. We're always busy. Busy, busy boys. It's um, good to finally catch a minute, sit down and have a yarn, mate. It is. And welcome back to everyone else who's listening, whether it's uh, watching on YouTube or on your favourite podcast platform. Or even your second favourite, if your favourite wasn't working, you know? Why is it not working? Huh? I don't feel like anything that's not working should be your favourite. But they're welcome either way. (laughs) So, yeah, we're in the AM today. Yes, it's the morning, which is weird for us to do a potty in the morning, but it's still about 37 degrees out. Yeah. Welcome to WA. Yeah, I think um, we haven't had many days in the last, what, two and a half weeks that have been under 35 degrees. I think we've pretty much been hanging around 35 to 40. Yeah. It's been miserable in the shed. It's definitely been a warm warm one and hella windy, which is unusual mm. for here, really. Yeah. But anyway, that's enough of the weather. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the weather forecast. <laughs> Talk hub weather. What's been going on, buddy? What have you been up to? Working. Yep. I've been playing with the car a little bit. Mm. Um, what's the, know, uh, what's what the status it? report? The old classic two steps forward, three steps back. Oh, I wouldn't say three steps back. Yeah, I know. I'm a pessimistic POS though, remember that? Yeah, yeah, true. It's, um, it's holding good temp when we drive now. Well, it was. Yeah. Until it got warm. So we did our first test drive. I guess where do we start? So shroud is on. Yeah, made the water shroud, pump is on. Blah blah blah. Change to the water pump. I think we went over that in the last podcast. Yep. Um, if you didn't listen to that, change to a Davis Craig pump. Put a shroud on the PWR radiator. Sealed it up. Bloody blah, blah. All good. Go to test drive it, and it just won't drive. Like it just won't accelerate at all. I'm chasing a fuel pressure issue. I've just uh, started at what what I thought was the most logical point. I'm like, all right, it's got E85 in. It's been sitting forever. So fresh E85. And then we change the sock on the pump because that didn't fix it. Change the pump. Clean the field. It's all the stuff, all the normal fuel system maintenance stuff, which I should have done ages ago anyway. Still didn't fix it. Turns out it was my... Well, you sent the injectors away. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so the inje- I knew sending the injectors off to be clean wouldn't fix my issue, but like I said, having the E85 sit for so long, they needed doing anyway, and I yeah. wanted to get them done before we get it on the dyno so that I know they're all spotty dog. So sent them up to Kev at Full Flow uh, Performance Injectors. So shout out to Kev. Done me a um, quick turnaround and stuff like that. He's an OG in the boosted five-litre scene too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I'll support support those that uh, support the scene. So yep. he's got a sweet turbo five-litre VT clubby. So you know, support the the plastic brethren as you will. That's it. So anyway, turns out it was the Turbo Smart 
uh, FPR 2000 regulator, mm. which was I thought was super weird. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not uncommon, but for me, I thought the regulators aren't usually a failure point. I thought they were sort of, especially a good one like that, would be sort of a set and forget. You don't really... Because from what I can gather, that one's not serviceable. It's got a non-removable collar on it. So yeah. I'm up for a new reg. We sort of botched something up just to test the theory. And sure enough, it, uh, it was the reg. So we took it for a drive anyway, long story short. Took it for a drive on a cooler day and it was sweet, temp-wise. Started up the, the, the following day, which was a lot warmer. It was probably mid-30s, I would say. Or even high 30s. Yeah, high 30s. And just idle, whenever I start it up, I always just let it get up to temp so we don't have to worry about um, any sort of moisture in the, in the, uh, inside the engine causing dramas with the 85. So get it up to temp and the fa- what do you know, the, temp, the fan won't pull it down at idle. So. Yeah. And this was sitting, uh, the pre- day previous we were driving it. Mm. I feel like if we were driving on that day, it probably would have been okay. But just sitting... On the concrete, it's like it was just heat soaking and it was yeah, not a, there's running. There's a gremlin there. There's, it there's it wasn't running there. away with the temperature like it did originally. Like it was a slow creep, but it's still a slow yeah, creep. Yeah, well, it wasn't pulling it. The fans no. are running. It's literally idling and the fans can't bring it down. So there's a drama there. I might have an airlock or something that's a bit weird. Everything's custom on this thing and yeah. custom by me. So I think the radiator being a bit lower than factory isn't helping. Um yeah, there could be could be a few things. I'm going to check check timing and stuff as well, and throw a temp gun on some things. Just the basic stuff. Yeah. So anyway, that's where we're at with that. It was a bit of a pain in the ass, honestly. Yeah. I'm I'm sort of ready to get it on the dyno and have a bit of a play, and we're still just chasing basic bitch ass problems. Yeah. Which is annoying. Yeah, you don't want to be overheating on the dyno. That's not ideal. Yeah. So we're getting closer though. Everyone keeps asking and, you know, we're, honestly, you can't be any more excited than we are to to get could. that thing happening, but um, we're getting there. My car had to go under a fair bit of surgery since the last um, podcast as well, so head gasket issue, obviously, we've, we've covered that, but, um, dude, the cost of parts, when you're trying to do something properly, it's getting a bit out of hand, it really mm. is. I thought... To do a head gasket shouldn't be super expensive. It's not like I went super overboard either. I bought a new set of leads because the other ones were old and crusty and it probably needed it. And I went to an ARP head bolt. But just a basic ARP bolt. Not like a fancy start or anything like that. And I think I was over $1,000 just in parts and consumables to get it together. Which is um, pretty wild. But it's... um, it's the cost of playing the game now, isn't it? It's the cost of living. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. And there's only more taxes to come. I'm seeing, I've seen something on the social media the other day. We're getting more taxes with, with carbon emissions for cars and all that sort of stuff. It's looking pretty, pretty average for, the, for your average car enthusiast. Yeah. Or even just motorist, actually. Yeah. But um, we got it all back together and we got it back together in time for motivation. I've got to say... We've already said it in the video if you haven't said it before, but a massive shout out to Jason and Rob at CSC Performance. Um, reached out to us after seeing the, the content that we've been putting up and said, hey, you're going to all the effort of putting this thing back together. Why don't we give it a health check and make sure it's good before 
sending it the motivation. So we drove that bad bitch two hours <laughs> up to the dyno, which performed flawlessly, which was great. Um, give it a power run. How amazing. First off, what was your original guess on how much power it was going to make? Knowing that it's been together for 20 years, it's probably lost a bit of ring seal and, you know, it's just aging. What was your original guess on how much horsepower it's going to make? I think I said to you, I think I said to you like 250 or something. It was around that yeah. mark. It <laughs> yeah. was like... It wasn't, um, yeah, I think I guess like 240, 250 purely off how hot it was. Yeah, because it was a hot day. And I've, when I owned that ute and had it on the dyno it, um, in a like a warmish day, it made like 260 on a similar dyno. So I figured, oh yeah, it'll probably be a little bit less than that for how much older it is. So It's crazy that you did get a day where it made like 260. Mm. I, I was surprised, honestly. But um, I said to Jason, just before the first power run, I think I've got it on film, but I don't think I made the video because it was just a shit shot. But um, I said to him, mate, make sure you buckle yourself in tight. This thing's fixing to make a dirty 270 horsepower. <laughs> and then rattled off... I think the first pass was 327 um, and then we did two more power runs and I think we ended up at 330.1 which is 0.1 horsepower less than it did in 2004 which is wild to it think. is it is we didn't do any retuning um, as much as we would have liked to <laughs> yeah we, we probably would have liked to have touched up on the tune a little bit but um, for some reason, the Delco hand controller wasn't powering off uh, my OBD port. So there's there's something to look at later. But for all intents and purposes, look, these guys hung around after hours. Late. We, we did this dyno session after the workshop was shut. And, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, we got, you know exceptionally looked after yeah we couldn't thank him enough for the hospitality really yeah yeah so um like i say i reckon we could adjust the tune we could take some timing out take some fuel out because it's running a bit rich uh through the middle and we'd probably end up at the same power level i don't think we'd make any more power by retuning it but i think we'd just put it into a, a safer realm. keep a gasket in it yeah <laughs> yeah that'd be nice but um I don't know when that's going to happen. That is something that we can look at doing in the future, but I don't know when that's going to happen because the fact is at this point, any money that I spend on that car takes food straight out of the mouth of the SLE project. So we've just got to prioritize. If, if it comes to a slow content month or something and I've got a bit of money rattling around in my pocket, maybe we could revisit it. But for the most part, we've got so much to do. Yeah. And not enough time to do it in as it is. So, But we do want to explore what that stock bottom end is capable of. Uh, isn't that right? We sort of <clears throat> two-hour drive on the way home after realising that it's all good sort of thing. And we thought, what if we put a cam in it? What if, what if you fabricated a water-to-air intercooler brick for this thing? You know, what if we... Put a just, proper fuel yeah. system in it. Just little stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Don't really want to go too silly with what's there because the, the bones are, are never going to be crazy, you know. You no. sort of get got to get 
the you know the the juice has got to be worth the squeeze yeah because at some point we'll probably put a turbo on it or a different supercharger or a different engine you know yeah, yeah, like, eventually a different engine but like it won't be this another engine with that no same combination so. but if we can try and optimize say we do something similar to yours we'll put like a, a turbo or blower type of cam in it um you know just make sure it's all good maybe put some studs and some proper head gaskets in it um with an intercooler and then later on if we want we can pull the blower kit off i can sell the blower kit as a complete or keep it for another project whatever and then we'll put a um turbo set up on there and compare the two it'll be yep. kind of cool yeah that's probably something that you know if if we were youtubers that's what we do we just get rid of all the other cars and you'd have that one car and you'd do multiple different things with it until it that cow had been milked and then you fuck it off and start again. Yeah. <laughs> but because we're silly men and we want to collect many cars, this is the shit we got to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, massive thanks to those guys for helping us out and, you know, doing doing the right in, just being great blokes. The, the more important thing um, than checking the car out and whatever was we made some new friends. Yeah, that's the greatest part about all of this is that we get to meet people like-minded people that love the same stuff that we do like rob's got a bunch of awesome five liter cars yeah you went, you yeah. went for a ride in his ssu yeah yeah that was really good really impressive setup the way he's got it all under the bonnet everything sort of it's definitely like street yeah as far as he hasn't hidden anything it's all sort of there easy to access but still super neat I mean, anyone that's on any of the sort of Holden social media stuff would have seen something that he's done. Yeah. He's um he's a bit of a wizard when it comes to his fabrication. He's very, very good. Yeah. And he's also very good mechanically as well. So I yeah. was, it was good to see the car in person. And yeah, he took me for a drive. Um, I don't know exactly how much power it makes, but I'm, it's in the 600. Yeah, I think it's region. about 630 yeah. at about 16 or 17 pounder boost. It's a... Hydro roller three five five with a GDX. Uh, I think it's a flat tapper. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Very basic. Just a basic, basic three five five. Yeah. With a forty two ninety four, which is yeah, the same turbo same that you've turbo got. That I've got. Yeah. 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 Um, turbo four hundred. Um, bombed out borgie in the back. Yeah. Anti roll bar and all that sort of stuff. Heaps, heaps of nice cool stuff in the back, and the car itself's pretty nice. Yeah. That's probably on my list to get actually a series three SSU. Mm. had a Malou, so SS would be nice to get. They're quite, they're quite good on the eye, I reckon. So. Absolutely. But yeah, it went really good. It goes to show you, you don't need a thousand horsepower to get yourself into trouble on the, on the street, that's for sure. No. <laughs> yeah. And it was cool just um, talking to Jason. He's been in the game a long time and he was making, what was it, 420 horsepower or something in a VP in the mid-90s, NA... Holden V8, you know, like the thing was... Yeah, he's just a tragic plastic plastic guy, so yeah. it's always cool to uh, yeah, have listen to all the cool stories and stuff like that. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I tried to get some, you know, bounce some ideas and stuff. Thanks, Dad. No worries. Bounce some ideas off him. Or well, not ideas, but just, you know, things that I've heard. And what do you reckon of this? What do you reckon of that? So Yeah, yeah. The wealth of knowledge between the two of them, for sure. 100%. Um, I guess that sort of keeps people up to date with where we're at. So we should probably move on to this week's 
This week's hot topic. That's hot. This week's hot topic. Motivation 38. I think it goes without saying. What a weekend. For me, anyway. You know, like... Yeah, I wasn't there, so... It's, um, it's pretty full on. When you, you, I love doing these events and trying to capture the content, but my goodness, it's a, it's a hell of a, an undertaking. Um, but before Motivation 38 even kicked off, we had the fellas from Summonats, Jay Benz and Jacko, come down for a bit of a pre-game. That was awesome, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It was cool, like, when they um, had said that they were coming over, um, you know, I guess we had a bit of a chat and said, oh, it'd be awesome if we can hang out while you're here. And they, uh, yeah, offered to make the drive down because, like I say, we're about an hour and a half from the track, maybe two hours from the airport. Um, but It's a long drive. Yeah. It's a long way, yeah. really. And uh, that was probably at the start of this heat wave as well when they came down. They weren't ready. They were not ready <laughs> for what they were walking into, but... Um, yeah, it was awesome. They came down and um, I don't know if it probably won't be out by the time this podcast comes out. I'd say maybe a week or two after, but we did a bit of a Summer Nats Cribs episode. Did a, Something a, different, wasn't it? Yeah, a double shed tour. So you'll uh, get to see that uh, on the Summer Nats YouTube channel eventually. But um, same thing. More importantly than the content that we captured was that we got to actually hang out without just passing each other at the event yeah <laughs> you, know? you don't you can't get much out of those boys at, at the events they're just spread so thin they work yeah i didn't realize how hard they had to work honestly to yeah. to get what they need to get like you know to do their job as, thor- as thoroughly as they do yeah well they're addicted to the grind as well you know like they are very dedicated to what they do because not only are they media representatives but they are genuinely car guys as well so yeah. they immerse themselves in it and it'd be a hard slog i you know it's bad enough for me doing it but then for them to have to cover the event the way that they do you'd need like a week to wind down afterwards honestly yeah for sure even just being an entrant there you know when you get home Mm. at the end of the weekend you you need a day or two just to decompress yeah but if you're in WA, you've got to drink WA beer. We all know that Jay Benz is a, a fiend for a VB here and there, but we got him on uh, the Emu Export for the first time, which was pretty good. Yeah, he liked that one, didn't yeah. he? And the Swanee D as Swanee well. D. What if, were those other ones, the Crafties? Oh, yes, I got um, a Rocky Ridge Ace IPA, which is the way I described it to Jay Benz is like stone and wood on steroids, which, uh, yeah, so we had a bit of a bit of a taster. Which was lovely. But no, nah, thanks to the guys for coming down and hanging out. Um, we had a great time with you. And hopefully we can get to some more events together and spend some more time. Because it's awesome having friends like that, you know, like that are interested in the same kind of thing. Not only the cars, but the media side of things as well. We we get to meet a lot of people that like cars and, and doing them up. But then we don't usually have many people that we can bounce off with the whole media side of things. So to to be able to talk shop in a different sort of element was also really cool yeah definitely and it was cool just to hang out with the cameras off yeah after that as well so yeah yeah for it's sure good get to learn you know it's hard to learn from to, the uh, pros yeah it's just different you have your internet friends but once you meet in real life it, 
it sort of um, it just all clicks. Yeah. And it's just good. You just meet another friend, so. Well, not only that, sometimes you have an internet friend, but then when you meet, it doesn't click. You know what I mean? Like, you, sometimes you meet people, and even though you've got similar interests, you're different people. Yeah. But um, in this case, we gel really well. Yeah, so. so I look forward to catching up with both them boys every year now. Yeah. Whenever they come back or whenever we go over there, it's just good. We've got something to look forward to. Hell yeah. Um, but motivation, the event itself man it was yeah big the i want to say the quality of cars this year was head and shoulders above what it's been previous oh really yeah for sure there were really nice cars um kicking about some of them were first time entrants um from the people i spoke to there was obviously some of the you know the the budget skid rigs because they've got to be there you know like that's they're an integral part of the event but for the most part, the cars that were kicking around the pits, um, I'd say, yeah, the quality was certainly higher than previous years for me um, from what I saw. One thing to note, we've always had, a, I guess, a, a small lowrider contingent that goes um, to motivation each year, but they were definitely showing out again um, this year and in the elite tent as well with, you know, the the candy paint and the custom airbrushing and, you know, the wire wheels and the hydraulics. And that's, um, I think that's something that's starting to come back. You know what I mean? I think people, there's probably some people that have been there and done the, the high performance drag car, street car sort of deal. And they want something they can cruise in and, you know, what cooler thing to cruise in than an old continental or a, an Impala on hydraulics, you know? It's a way to stand out for Absolutely. sure because it's never it's never been huge over here. That's for sure. Nah, like it's especially down this way. It pretty much doesn't exist down here, really. Nah, you probably wouldn't see many down down south. But um, yeah, I don't know. There there seemed to be a good representation across the weekend. Anyway, it was something that I felt to note. I've actually got a lot of notes on my phone this time because I don't want to miss anything because there's a lot to cover. But um, yeah, it was it was a good time. Um, Managed to meet up with a lot of viewers as well. There was a lot of people that some picked good times, some didn't, and it's not your fault if you picked a bad time. But um, I tried as best I could to give everyone the time that they deserved. If they came up to say good day, like some people would see me in camp with a laptop on my lap, and they just call in, "Hey man, just want to say I love the channel, shake my hand," and and they sort of left me to it. Um, but just know that if you did come to say good day. I would have put everything down to say hi to you, you know what I mean? Like it was it was really cool. Lots of shirts kicking around. I think I gave out something like a hundred stickers over the weekend for people that said hi and yeah, it was it was awesome. I wanna say probably a special shout out to Dave from Bag Q Garage and Simon from Joy Drive. Um couple of Perth content creators. I got to catch up with both of those. Simon of um met before in the past but dave although we both watch each other's content we'd never met in person so it was cool to to hang out with him he's um actually in thailand at the moment so i hope you're enjoying yourself over there mate um and what a clean hq monaro that is spewing i missed it yeah it's a tidy rig man it's got a couple of um minor imperfections i guess and he was because we were camping with um simon he was talking to him about maybe getting them fixed up um at woodley's car works so yeah, but real tidy car, you know, nice um, small block chev in it. It's a, it's a tough sounding thing. And he was cruising the pits all weekend as well, which was really cool. 
a lot of people cruising the pits. Um, another special shout out, I guess, to uh, Shane, who's a viewer of ours. He caught me at a really good time <laughs> in the pits. Um, I just put the laptop down. I pretty much had enough of it for the for a couple of hours, and I was itching to get out for a cruise. And I saw he was standing in front of um, Wolfie's XY with. Um, I think it might be brother or brother-in-law, nephew and stuff. So Mick's car was there and he wasn't doing much. said, mate, throw me the keys. So I had the white XY. I said to him, come on, guys, let's go for a cruise. So I threw, got to throw them in the car and we went for a bit of a pit cruise in the uh, Pro Charge XY. So hope you enjoyed that, mate. Um, that's kind of what events to me should be about moving forward, especially once we've got, a couple more cars running with more seats, not just my ute, which has only got one seat. Um, being able to throw some viewers in the car and go for a bit of a cruise, you know what I mean? Like that, that would be the ultimate for me. So that really, that was probably one of the highlights of my weekend um, was being able to give that opportunity to them. So hope you enjoyed it. And he was wearing a shirt as well, which, you know, easy way to be picked out in a crowd by me. If I can see my logo, that spins me out. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I say, heaps of people that came up and said g'day. Um, I want to say congratulations to Keaton for winning Judge's Choice in the Elite Unveil. If you watch the video, I managed to catch Keaton for an interview um, with his one-tonner. Uh, what a wicked build that is. Did you see that bit on the video? Yeah, yeah. What an awesome car, man. It really is nice and, you know, obviously shows. To win Judge's Choice, that's no that's mean a big feat. Deal. Yeah. Because these guys, you know, they're like Motor X judges and stuff. So they know boats. Um, but there was, yeah, in the elite tent, I think the one that won most of the things like People's Choice and Top Engineered and all that, it was a Sandman door slammer that was done to show car standard. Yeah, okay. It was a wild, wild unit. I did see um, some footage of that. Yeah, beautiful car. Um. Things that were great about the event for me. <clears throat> um, communication. As always, you're getting text messages left, right and centre from the, the event organisers on what's open, what's not, um, what's coming up. You know, if there's an oil down, um, they let you know. So it was really good. The scrutineering was fairly efficient. Now... You did have to sit in line and wait for a long time and it was hot, so people were getting a bit disgruntled about that. The thing that maybe could be improved there is just how they managed trailers. Um, ultimately, the cars that are coming on trailers are the ones that's holding everything up because they're trying to unload and get in and whatever. Um, for me, not having a trailer, it would have been nice to be able to flow through a bit better, um, being that all I had to do was go through the the line um but when you're trying to scrutineer 450 cars in one afternoon it's not gonna be super smooth you know what i mean but i think that the the way that the staff navigated it was reasonably good in my opinion um it wasn't nice sitting in a car for an hour and a half with no air con in 35 plus degree heat but you know these are the silly games It we is play. brutal there, eh? Yeah. You're just surrounded by concrete and bitumen, so it's definitely warm. Yeah, but I thought the scrutineering was good. Um, quality cars, I've already mentioned, was excellent. Um, 
and the camping setup. Obviously, we had a bit more room than previous years. It was similar to last year, but we had even more room this year. Do you remember last year where the freestyle motocross ramp and that was? Yeah. That's where we were camped this year. So there was more marquees and stuff around the fence line. Um, but yeah. And I want to say a big shout out to the boys that I was camping with as well. Because who you're camping with makes the event, I reckon, for sure. And um, so shout out to Michael Mards, Wolfie, Simon, James and Brody. Um, you guys are all absolute legends. It was cool to just hang out with dudes that got nice cars and and want to talk about the cars you know what i mean they they know some stuff and yeah it was it was a good time what's the things that i think that they could improve upon there was no super cruise on the friday which was weird for me um they'd open up skid row but there was nothing happening on the track they could have had a super cruise maybe say from 2 30 to 4 30 and then they would have had plenty of time to sort of clean up and get prepped for the eighth mile drags at 5.30. I understand that maybe the staffing has been allocated scrutineering and stuff like that, but I feel like as an entrant, you'll get more bang for buck being able to go on a super cruise rather than just having Skid Row open because not everyone wants to go down Skid Row, but just about everyone would do a super cruise, you know what I mean? Um, so for me, I would have liked to have seen a super cruise implemented on Friday and the Sunday schedule. Now we did end up having a super cruise on Sunday in the end, but that was only because of the bushfire that we had on Saturday because that super cruise got canceled. They then put one on the Sunday and they had skid row and a super cruise running simultaneously. Um, it would be nice for that to be a permanent fixture Absolutely, because yeah. otherwise last year and the schedule this year as well, but last year, um, there was no super cruise or anything on the Sunday. So unless you were a burnout finalist or you had tyres to finish up on Skid Row, there was nothing for you on Sunday. Yeah. Really. Which for the bulk of the cars there, that's what that's what you want to do. Yeah. So they're the two things that I'd really like to see implemented into the schedule moving forward is super cruise on all three of the days um, with maybe more Skid Row and super cruise simultaneously because... That way you're cutting down the lines for both. If you've only got Skid Row open, you've got heaps of cars lined up. If you've only got the Super Cruise, you know, same deal. If you can split the crowd up a little bit, if people just want to pump tyres, they can go to Skid Row. If you want to play up a bit on the track, you can do the Super Cruise. So I think that would be really good to, to see moving forward. But once again, playing devil's advocate, I can see where maybe staff allocation doesn't allow it. But, you know, I think they'd have more happy entrants um, that are willing to pay the money to enter if that was the case. Because I haven't done a West Coast Nats myself, but a lot of feedback that I got from other people was that they did get more track time at West Coast Nats. So that's a format that maybe they could look at. The fire on Saturday was definitely a dampener. We had... I think it was two helicopters and four planes hanging around camp most of the afternoon, um, which, yeah, shut the super crews. They opened up Skid Road to try and compensate for it. But, yeah, it was a credit to the event organisers, though, to manage it um, and kept us all well-informed and safe. You know, it was quick action. So 
Yeah, as it ask, needs to be, really. You can't ask for much more than that. And obviously, they've had other fires in Quinana since. Um, yes. I think you saw at Biz, uh, they had a big fire there the other day, which could have been very yeah, dangerous. So. There's been heaps, like I said. It's been super windy, super <clears throat> hot, super yep. dry. Yeah. Which kind of like, when I heard there was a fire and what had happened from someone doing like a burnout down on the back, mm. back section, that's inevitable. Like, realistically, you can see that happening so easily probably need a water truck to go and wet it down in the morning or yeah, something you know like kind of mowed or removed and yeah and definitely yeah have someone down there yeah with a water truck wetting everything down because yeah that's inevitable you just know that whenever there's dry grass and stuff even people that we know that sort of go out to out the back of nowhere and go and do burnouts it's just not something you go and do in the middle of summer because the chances of starting a fire are really high so. yeah and if you've got a methanol powered car and you know that it throws flames maybe don't do it down the back of the return road you know what i mean like i know it's fun to rip skids because there's photographers down that end as well you know and you want to get that cool photo but um if you do have a meth powered car that bus flames on demand Maybe just keep it to on the track or on the pad because there is a lot of vegetation around the return road, um, which obviously can cause events like we saw. Yeah. You could start a fire just from a bit of belt, just from a bit of steel wire shooting off, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think overall, man, it was, it was a good weekend. Apart from the amount of waiting that you had to do, um, and I think that's something that could be approved upon. But the, like I say, the level of cars, what we saw event-wise, um, I think it was a good thing. They just need to, like I say, maybe open Skid Row and the Super Cruise simultaneously a little bit more. That'd cut down your two hours of wait time because I didn't end up getting out to a Super Cruise in my car. Uh, whenever I did, there was an oil down and they closed the track. So I thought, well, I was going to film for a bit and come back. By the time I come back, there's another oil down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing was they were holding up a lot of traffic on the Super Cruise as well. In previous years, one car would go, they'd get about, say, 500 feet out and then the next car would go. They were holding cars on both lanes. So if you were coming in on the right lane, but there was a car going down the left lane, because obviously you come out of the snake pit and then back down the left lane for your second lap. You know what I mean? Um, if there was a car going down the left lane, you were held in the right lane until such time as they cleared the eighth mile. Whereas in previous years, they would have both lanes flowing quite freely. Um, this, to me, was a problem because it was holding up traffic a lot. It's definitely a problem for flow, but you've got to think about why. Why did they do that? And I'm assuming that they, with their insurance or just the way that they want to run it, there's been collisions there at, I think, another event. I don't think it was uh, motivation. I think it was, might have been... West Coast Nats. West Coast Nats, where the cars have collided on the drag strip. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you have a problem. You sort of come up with a solution to stop it happening again. I would assume that that would be where that's come from. Yeah. There's got to be some kind of risk assessment, though, because it, although, yes, that, well, that collision would... could happen, you've got to look at the likelihood of risk. Um, maybe you just got to implement no brake burnouts 
Because a lot of people were riding the brake and sort of, you know, smoking up for an, That's for an eighth mile. That's impossible to bloody stop. You're not gonna. You're just not gonna stop it, are you? No. But if if you say no brake burnouts on the strip, so you're just going forward, um, power skid, and then you can do your brake burnouts through the pad. If they had a driver's briefing to say that, then that way you could keep traffic flowing a lot better. Um, because waiting for someone that's riding the brake, smashing the tires from the burnout box to the eighth mile that's you know you're talking like a minute a minute 20 sort of thing which when you're sitting there with 40 cars in front of you that's a long time yeah i've probably got an unpopular opinion but i I don't even like seeing the big brake burnouts on the track surface really at all not because of the surface but it's like you've got the you've got the snake pit there you've got the the up the end the u-turn where everyone does skids as well you've got skid row like is that not enough there are cars that want to just go there and just cruise yeah so it uh, and it's the same at power cruise as well when people on the brake holding everything up it's just it is it's kind of annoying yeah yeah i'm with you i'm with you like i say there is time and place for it and if you want to do a big burnout from the start line to the eighth mile do it under power don't do it on the brakes. Which will probably result in more crashes, but either way. It's I don't just, know if yeah, it would. I don't know. You just want a bit of flow. I don't know if I it would guess. because you've got those barriers at the eighth mile that you've got to drive around. So you're going to be off the pedal at probably 600, 700. Oh, not 600 feet because that's where the barriers are. You're going to be off the pedal at about 400 feet and slow down to get around the all barrier. Through the barriers, yeah, all team, through the barriers. All through the barrier. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. There's always things that can improve, but obviously. Yeah. Like I say, I had a great time, man. Personally, I I met a lot of people. As always, as an entrant, probably the most fun um, is once the event's over and they shut the gates and you go for a wander um, to the after party, you know, and, and talk to people. So um, that was probably the, the best part for me, being able to closely look at some cars and talk to the owners without all the, the noise around, which was really cool. And the sun. And the sun, yeah, yeah. The wind came in on Saturday night, which was a very welcome relief. But anyway, I think that's probably enough for motivation. Um, talked about that for long enough. But if you were there, thanks for coming. If you weren't there, we'll probably be there next year, um, pending rosters. I'll just book it off anyway. I'll just go. <laughs> I'll just go anyway. Um, and we hope to see you there. And hopefully we can work something out with ourselves that we can make it to more summer nats events whether it be summer nats rocky nats we've done red center nats i would i'm certainly not going to say i wouldn't do it again i would love to do it again but i'd just like to do the other ones before i go back i think uh what would you like to cover there mate i think you had a little something from sick week you wanted to talk about oh yeah yes that is true. i didn't get a chance to see much of the sick week stuff it's something that's on my watch later list obviously being that i was a putting my car back together and b being at motivation yeah so i didn't actually watch the event at all because i've been busy working at work but i just wanted to there was a radial car that won the overall brent Mm. lasala he's uh He's doing great things in the snot rocket that little stock block coyote is putting in some work man yeah, stock block, uh, an OEM crankshaft, I believe, still. Um, really nice one. And, you know, stock casting cylinder heads. So they're doing a lot of development work on that platform and yeah. kicking ass. So he he averaged a 6.340 overall. 
6.34 in the quarter mile, man. That is getting it. For something that can drive as long as it does. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that was worth mentioning. It's it's ridiculous. And that reset a record, a radial drag and yeah, drive record, yeah, didn't it? Yeah. World record, radial tyre, drag, uh, drag and drive record of. And uh, that one was 6.26 was on the last day at 2.27. Jesus Christ. So, 227 mile an hour. What's that in uh, in metric? I'll have a look. Don't know. But oh. the other one that I really was excited to see was Mike Dino. Super straight winner overall. Seven. Perth local. Yeah, that's right. 735 average over the week. Yeah. Crazy. Quickest pass ever in Super Street as well. 714. Six at 191, so... Jeez, that's getting it. It's just cool to see Aussies going over, doing well. And he doesn't get to see that car. Like, he goes over for drag week and he's gone back over for sick week, but for someone to be based in Perth, fly to America, build the car... And that's on Leaf Springs too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's not even a... That's not even a bad thing these days, is it? No. Leaf Springs are almost an advantage, it seems like. There's a lot of people getting into them and getting them to work really, really good. Yeah. Uh, just as a side note, Brett Lasala's 227 mile an hour is 365 kilometres an hour in the metric system. That's fast, man. That's like fucking fast. Scary fast. <laughs> and the cool thing is all these cars look like cars now. Yes. You know, in, in, yep. Like in a long, long time ago, to go that, that fast, hmm. it didn't look like any sort of road-going car. And you well, certainly weren't bloody driving it across the country. Well, Jeff Lust did have his pro mod there and came second, yeah. just quietly. Yeah. I think it was a bit disgruntled there at some point. The, obviously, the prep was there for the radials for the week. And what you would prep for a radial is definitely different from what you would for a rag tyre. But, yeah. um, man, I've, I'm still baffled that you get a stock block and a stock crank and obviously a whole bunch of gangster parts on top of it. But to go... What was a 626 best and a 634 average across across the week? Yeah. That is getting it, dude. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, there's definitely parts of that engine that are like consumables now. I think the, the crank's moving around quite a bit. and Either way, whatever. It's cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, De- for sure. Very cool to see. But um, to circle back, Mike Dino, Michael Ward, as his mother probably called him, um... Super awesome with that Nova. Got to hand it to the Perth boys. Yeah, and it wasn't trouble-free either. I believe it was second day. Did a wheel stand and the air got underneath it and wrecked all the bonnet Ooh. or uh, hood. The hood. The hood, as the Americans <laughs> call it. So Wrecked my hood. Had to do some duct tape work and all those sorts of fixing it tricks. Yeah. So, like any event, drag and drive, it's never going to be without any sort of hiccups along the way. So. No especially when you're at the pointy end of the field. So, yeah, it's cool just to see not only Australian flag sort of flown, but the West Australian flag too, you know. We're kind of yeah. on our own over this way. Yeah. And there's definitely a few guys over here at the moment, or have been over here for a, quite a while, that are on the world stage definitely hold their own. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. We are definitely especially isolated over here. I was actually talking to – got a bit of a group chat, and there's um, Mike Hinchy from Picnic Media uh, – Nelson Granger, um, owner of McFry Motorsport, and Kieran Barber 
from Winging It Motorsports. We sort of shoot the shit and talk YouTube stuff every now and again. And um, they were talking about how, why are we all so separated? We can never collaborate. And I said, well, at least you guys are within one day drive of each other. I drive a whole day. I don't even make it to the fucking state border. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like... we're certainly isolated <laughs> where we are. They got, I think Nelson's about two hours from Hinchy and nine hours from Kieran. So that makes Hinchy about 11 hours from Kieran. But yeah, like I say, if we drove 11 hours, where did we make it to? Balladonia, which is still, what, six hours from the border? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make it easy, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> fun. Um, I want to bring back an old segment that we haven't really touched on for a little while. But... Marketplace morons. Tell him his dream. Marketplace morons. It's not often that we get through one of these, because I feel like it's got to be pretty well deserved these days. You can't just call someone a marketplace moron for no reason. Um, but I sent it through to you the other day because I had. I can't even remember what it was. Oh, you'll remember as soon as I mention it. There was a fella selling an alloy radiator for a VS Commodore. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, with Kurt having his radiator, well, overheating issues, I thought this might fix it for you, mate. This radiator is blown up like a fucking balloon. There is not a straight fin or rod in this thing. It's like expanded to nearly double its factory size. The picture looks like you've got one of those like magnifying curses going over it where it's it like just stretched. accentuates it all. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny, hey? Oh, God. He, he, hey, it still holds water and the first car he put it in overheated, which is why it blew up, but the second car he put it in didn't overheat. So it's still good. Yeah. And, and not only like the fact that he could even be bothered to put it up was pretty funny, but... It, how much did he want for it? Like I think it was about a hundred bucks. Hundred bucks or hundred, yeah, whatever. Surely, could, and it was an eBay yeah. like style radiator that was probably one fifty new. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not like it was a PWR or a Phoenix or something of any note. You know, like no, it was it was crap. It was a bog stock Wuhan alloy radiator that had been blown up like a balloon. I'd be embarrassed to even try and give that away. <laughs> Honestly. It was pretty funny. I felt like... It was funny. That would give us some entertainment for the day. Oh, it deserved to be called out, in my opinion. Um, And also on the marketplace front, but this isn't marketplace. This is brand new products coming through. Sean's Custom Alloy coming out with the VN Group A billet intake manifold Sudan LS. Replica. Yeah. Yeah. It looks good. It looks gangster. And... uh, I think he's developing a five-liter manifold. Yeah, okay. As well, that but is cool. That thing, dude, looks like jewelry, doesn't it? It does. Anything billet just looks. Yeah, extra when cancer. billet's done properly, and you've got the, the the really when they spend a lot of time with the with the finish, you know, with the ballpoint mill, and they get all the tool pathing like on point, like most of the guys over over here that do. Yeah, I mean Australia's renowned for having pretty nice stuff. We've, we've got yeah. a we've got a few good guys that with the cnc machines that do exceptionally well so yeah we've got some of the best cnc programmers in the world and it shows when you look at stuff like sean's customs and all that sort of stuff that they get out but yeah i think it's he's got them to suit like ls3 and frankenstein head and all that sort of stuff with the uh vn group a top hat looking yeah 
Yeah. And I think he's got it set up to suit drive-by-wire throttle bodies and all that sort of stuff. So it's like a really modern piece. Yeah. Um, I think I was talking to one of our viewers, Damien. The second that that came out, he sent us a PM. He's like, I've already started pricing one of these up. Yep. If I can get my ECU to do twin drive-by-wire, I'm buying it. Yeah. But I can't remember what ECU is running, but he was like, I'm not sure if it'll run twin drive-by-wire. So, but... That'd be sick. That would That's be a sick. cool look. It'd be... Go on, tell us what you really think. <laughs> hey. It's been it said. It speaks for itself. Yeah. You don't see uh, us holding guys trying to make our car look like an LS. No. We'd certainly put LS parts on them. I've got LS coils on mine and, you know, the boys at CSC are, are doing a few internal parts from the LS. Yeah. With uh, valve train. Yeah, with valve train stuff. So, mm. look, you can do it. And it's worth doing. Definitely, they perform great. Yeah. So, I mean, it just goes to show you they are as cool as what we say they are because otherwise you, people wouldn't be spending money to make their LSs look like them, would they? That's right. So, yeah, I, I especially like the anodized black looking one. It looked really good. The would, raw one was looked, looked awesome. Would you buy a billet hat for yours? Like, would you buy a plenum top? Um, po- Possibly. Yeah? Possibly, but it would be to... When I change sort of the setup again, I could, like you said, put the drive-by-wire on with the plazzy clamp adapters and do all the piping in. Without modifying your factory plenum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to be welding on the throttle bodies that I have. The one of them's an XF throttle body, but yeah, the 90mm one, I wouldn't want to be really modifying that. No. Too much, so it'd it'd be cool to see. Yeah. And it's made in Australia, so it's like, I'm okay... That's what I like yeah, about, yeah. you know, like if I'd be really fucking mad if someone sent one over to to um, China to get copied, like there's probably a few companies over here that might even end up doing that. Yeah. You know what they do? They grab people's parts, send them over to China. Reverse engineer. Yeah, yeah, copy it. And then yeah. people buy it in them big thick catalogs that they just sell everything. So yeah. hopefully I don't see that, but we, we do see too much of that for sure. So, Already. So yeah. yeah, even the Mr. TTB, like stuff that's all done in australia from what i from what i know so yeah at least i'm I'm cool with that yeah it's, it's putting money in some aussie's pocket anyway absolutely which i'm cool with so so sean if you're listening if you got a spare billet top kicking around <laughs> kfiz you wouldn't mind it that'd be nice yeah well you got to do something to make them ls motors they look like shit don't they really <laughs> like from just an aesthetic well, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, because if you're looking at... Everyone's... Sorry to cut you off, but everyone knows the performance. You, mm. you can make a million yeah. horsepower with them. So that's sort of been done to death. And now it's sort of... People yeah. want it to look really tidy. Yeah. Well, you put like... You put a Plazzy intake on it or, or a Sean's intake on it and you put the CNC... Uh, the billet rocker covers, yeah, billet covers, yeah. Um, and you hide the coils, and they look yeah, hundred nice. percent better. Yeah, but yeah, when they got the factory covers with the factory coil mounts, and the yeah, they do look pretty janky. Yeah, but that's also just because of how old they are as well. You know, like that stuff, it's hard to keep clean over a long period of time. That's it. But I thought it was um, something cool. It was a worthy coming. mansion. Yeah, yeah. It's been I've seen he- seen heaps of photos of it, and it does look good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, something that probably interests you, mate, um, EVs looks like they're just about dead in the water at this point. This is something that we've spoken about 
in the past. I uh, didn't go too deeply into it, but I saw a couple of articles in the last couple of weeks which uh, piqued my interest. So with the lithium prices plummeting, as we've seen, I mean, you work in the lithium industry to a point, don't you? Yeah. Um, the investment in hydrogen technology is going gangbusters. Honda and GM have just put $85 million into a production engine that's going to be released this year. And BMW as well, they're going to have the iX5 hydrogen to be released this year in 2024, which will be a hybrid. It'll have an electric motor um, to assist. Uh, should make about 400 horsepower and have a 500 kilometer range with the hydrogen engine. That's awesome, isn't it? It is. Something that is still internal combustion but zero emissions you know like water vapor comes out the a true zero emissions yeah that's yeah. right none of this mining lithium to make batteries that are non-recyclable to be charged by a coal-powered power station yeah you've literally got a hydrogen-based engine which is properly environmentally friendly as far as we can tell this far you yep. know what i mean um there may still be developments to come on that when we learn more, just like there is with everything. But so far, it's looking really good. Yeah, for and sure. When, when I spoke to an engineer, I work with locomotives and um, we've got some battery electric uh, technology and development phases for those. Um, and I asked one of these engineers about hydrogen stuff and he said the only thing really to pull up with him is that storing the hydrogen which this is going back probably 18 months now so i'm sure the technology's come a long way but um he said storing the hydrogen can be difficult because it can be quite volatile kind of i mean petrol's the same isn't it it's quite a volatile thing to yeah. store that's just where the technology comes in with yeah. it you just like anything you have a problem yeah but yeah the, these smart guys and they figure it out yeah but power per gram i guess or however they work it out you know btus or whatever the hydrogen has the amount of power potential that that's got per atom is really really exceptional yeah so yeah. i think um i think i've said it before and i won't go too deep but i'm of the opinion like a lot of technology gets bought and suppressed for different different reasons people yeah. have market shares and they have vested interests so it, it'll eventually it, this has probably been around for a long time yeah so it's good to see it coming through yeah. with some, some good solutions. And yeah, like you said, the internal combustion uh, concept of it is, is what we're, we sort of like. Yeah. So you can't argue with like the performance of an, of an electric motor. No. And I think they work exceptionally well in a metropolitan area where you're well connected. You know, like there's a good network of electricity to draw from. Yeah. But when you live semi-rural, like even we're not super duper rural where we are. But even for us, to say, to drive to a capital city, you'd probably have to find somewhere to charge before you came home. Yeah, it's you just need to look at what they're doing with the power production in this country and the amount of power outages. And, they, you know, people are waiting stupid amounts of time. I think over in Queensland, you know, they're losing power and having to wait. I don't even want to quote how long it is, but it's ridiculous how long people are going without electricity and that's just yeah. because there's heat waves or whatever whatever's going on you can't keep shutting down our base load coal-powered stations and then but then keep pushing evs it just makes no fucking sense whatsoever so it makes you wonder what what they're really what are, what are they getting at i don't know so yeah it's this um probably yeah. transfers very well to our, another segment you know what really grinds my gears <laughs> 
Running on the chip. On the chip. Powered by Readspeed. Back again for 2024. Thanks to Readspeed. If you want to get a slick accessory drive for your, particularly Holden V8, but other projects in the development phase, hit them with it, K-Fizzy. That's it. www.readspeed.com.au. Excellent. Check them out. He's got merch too, so even if you don't have like... You're showcasing the shirt as yeah, we speak. Yeah, I wear it all the time. I've got, I think I've got three shirts, two or three. Yeah. Uh, or maybe two, I don't know, but a black and a white one. I, like, I reckon, nice simple logo, and I, I like rep- representing him and his stuff. So yeah, he's he got hats and shirts as well. So if you need a hat or a shirt, you might not need to go to the surf store or whatever. You can get straight on his website and get it. That's it. If you want to buy a shirt that stands for something that you're interested in, you can go to there. Or if you want to support us, maybe go to talkhub.com.au. Get yourself one one of our sweet little numbers. Anyway. We've done pretty well January. Sold a lot. It I reckon seemed it's our to. best month. Yeah, possibly. We were sending a lot of orders out. Yep. I, I was making lots of visits to the post office. Yeah. So I've got to say a big thanks to all you punters who've been... Um, supporting us on the merch store it's actually getting to the point where we're going to have to make another order soon which means we need to get off our dot and make a new design yep so because we're not going to waste the opportunity if we're going to order shirts might as well get a new one while we're there for sure we'll come up with something it'll be nice and basic but yeah something else i'm keen to get a add a new design to my wardrobe the repertoire mm-hmm. uh back of the ranch on the chip you sort of you you went down a, a minor rabbit hole. Have you got anything else that gets you on the chip, mate? Other than uh, the political backing of EVs? <laughs> not really. Nothing. Nothing that I can think off the top of my head, honestly. Yeah. There there is stuff that annoy annoys me, and but I need to research it a little more, especially now that we put this out to the world. We do have to be careful about what we say sometimes because people do want to hold. And they should. What you say to account. And like you say, yeah, they should. And it should be fact-based. It's, you know, opinions are what they are. And you can only base your opinion on what you know. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I just wanted to bring up um, 20... Oh, it's more 2023 from what I can see than 2024. But cancel culture. People wanting to cancel cruises and stuff because you've got one person that does a skid when they leave. Just because you've got one person who acts inappropriately for for the event of what it is, that doesn't mean that you should then turn around, particularly as... Because I'm seeing this from car enthusiasts. I'd expect that from the Karens that live down the road. But you're seeing car enthusiasts attended the event. They see someone doing something inappropriate and now they're turning around and going, they need to cancel this event. The organisers are, you know not being held responsible for their actions and they need to fucking act upon old mate and this and that before they organise another meet. It's not up to the organisers. It's up to the organisers to breed the culture, you know, for them to say, like, this is what we're about. Don't be a dickhead, essentially. But it's not up to the organisers to hold your hand and make sure that you do the right thing. You need to do that yourself. And the crowd themselves, if they're the ones that are geeing up someone to do a skid as they leave the Bunnings car park, they're they're probably the ones that need to 
check themselves as well. And I'm not against it. I'm not against a cheeky little skid when you leave a meet. But as we say, at all times, it's time and place. You're not going to do it in a residential area or whatever. You go out to the boondocks where there's no one there. Yeah. If you like driving your car and you don't want to get harassed any more than you already do, yeah. you just got to, yeah, use your brain, as Al would say, a little bit. Yeah. So... What, what authority would someone that uh, organises an event, what authority could they have over someone being a fuckhead anyway? That's right. Really. At yeah. the end of the day, there's nothing that they can do about it. So if you're someone that just goes, I'm not going to go to that event because someone did a little skiddly diddly when they leave, you are part of the problem, honestly. If you don't support these events and if you don't help breed that responsible culture, then there's going to be nothing for you and then you'll be sitting at home whinging that you've got nowhere to go because you're not going to get off your own ass and create your own event. You know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of people that are doing good things but they get hampered by people who are making a lot of noise online for for what reason you know what i mean like they they make a lot of noise about oh you know like last time i went my mate's car got scratched by a fucking push bike or whatever and that's unfortunate but that doesn't mean that the whole event needs to be canned we need to we need to be responsible for our own stuff and our own actions a little bit we need more more events I agree. Yep. More smaller stuff, I think. <clears throat> like like what James at Proshine did, you know, he sort of had yeah. his little niche. I don't necessarily think we all should stick to our niches all the time because as like... Diversity as, is good. As a group in just, just say on like a societal level, if we could all um, stick together, like there's a bit of... There's a voter base there that you could sort of start working towards to get some change in... In the political scope, maybe, as far as... Because we're really just getting steamrolled at this point with, with different sort of emissions, taxes, and it's all... No, nothing's geared towards helping us do what we want to do, Yeah. in a way. So if we could all sort of get along to a certain extent, that would help. That would help the overall thing, but you don't need to run the biggest crew. You don't have to have massive crews, you know? No. Just get your mates together and... Go for a cruise and don't be a fuckwit and it will it can grow from that. That's right. You don't need an event as an excuse to get your car out. That um, 90s Commodore cruise that James from ProShine put on looked like a ripper little day. I'm spewing that we couldn't make it because yeah, that sure. would have been cool as shit. Yeah, hopefully we can do something else like that. Yeah. be a good one to sort of crack into. Obviously with a majority of our um, viewers sort of having that kind of car as well that we've noticed. Yep. That's not to say that if you didn't have one, you couldn't come either. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be awesome. There's plenty of weekends in the year. Absolutely. Um, you said, mentioned Al just before and the use your brain comment. I think it's probably important to announce a departure from the content creation sort of scene in the Al's now taking a dip from being the host of the Skid Factory um, with the 300ZX project being wrapped up. Um, he's, he's definitely going to be a big loss felt throughout the, the medium. But I do want to say best of luck to Woody because the dude, let's be honest, you, you'll be able to probably resonate with this pretty well, but without Woody 
there was no skid factory. People say without Al, there's no skid factory. Well, guess what? If you were relying on Al for there to be a week, uh, a weekly upload, mm. never would have happened. Yeah, that's kind of like it's the you same and as me. Us. It's yeah. exactly the same. All those cars would still be built, and that nothing on the actual real world would change. But you guys wouldn't get to see it. Exactly. Which is Woody's the one that's probably doing the majority of the work really the content side for sure yeah 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 so i want to say massive props to him for taking the ball and running with it yeah sticking with it yeah because that new workshop space that he's just um put together looks looks, really good it does look really good i'm jealous (laughs) honestly got three three lifts in there and some ac and a bunch of tools like he's He's ready to yeah. hit the ground running. Yeah. His we- workload's basically doubled now, I would assume. I don't know who he's getting on and stuff, but he's going to yeah. be doing a lot of the, well, probably all the work himself now. I'd with say some, that, With some help from others, so. Yeah. I'd say that the style of content is certainly going to change moving forward and it's going to have to, you know, unless he puts on a media guide, a film, and, you know, do all of that. Um, it's going to be hard for him to keep the same style of content that they were producing previously. Um, but yeah, it's... That's not necessarily a bad thing either. No. But it was really, I don't know, it was just disheartening for me. I, I watch all the Skid Factory stuff. I really do enjoy the content that they make. And obviously I enjoy the way that Al presents his stuff and also Woody as well. But then to go through the comments and there's so many people going, oh, with no owl, there's no Skid Factory, I'll be unsubscribing, you know, rah, rah. They're not even giving the bloke a chance. Yeah, yeah. That's, I don't know, pretty disheartening for me to, to see, like I say, without Woody there, there was no Skid Factory. There wouldn't have been videos put up there. I know that Al has um, a very strong fan base and it dates right back to the Mighty Car Mod stuff, you know what I mean? And they, these people are fanatical um about him and and what he does because he's obviously excellent at what he does yeah um but i think people forget that woody's a mechanic too (laughs) yeah there (laughs) would there wouldn't be any skid factory without either of them no really honestly because you need that you just need that's how it worked it was both yeah you could you yeah the content would have been there would it have would it have grown to what it was and would they have got the sponsorship they would have had without the knowledge base that al has probably not so it's good that they've built that base and now Woody, can, yeah. you know, he's been past the torch solo and he'll run with it. Yeah. but no. And he, I'm sure he's learned a lot from Al over oh, the for years, sure. which is an important thing as well. Yeah. And it's not all about the, the skill sets either. You know, there's characters that people want to watch. So. That's it. Or not you, characters, just personalities. I you've guess. got to remember this is done for entertainment value as well. You know, like just working on cars isn't all that interesting. When you try to make it a show, you've got to have that extra stuff. You've got to have that banter. You've got to have those characters that play those narratives. So, yep. yeah. Nah, it's, yeah, I'm, um, I'm interested to see what he comes up with. Yeah, yeah, I'm pumped to see, obviously, Kevo get finished the, the 2J commodore obviously because yeah. it's a second gen commodore so that just automatically piques interest but um and also the um what is it the fair lane yeah that'll be a cool build as well most and of I'm, them are cool that they have done so oh, they've done yeah. a lot of great they've got good taste you know what i mean like they they execute very well so viva la wood factory 2024 yeah. let's go baby 
get after it, Woody. And although we're all the way on the other side of the country, you got our support. Not that you need our support, because what are we? Fucking nobody. <laughs> but you've got it. <laughs> also, another uh, departure from the content creation game, uh, Ayo from the Never Late podcast. He's um, another mutual supporter, you know. I listen to the Never Late podcast, and I know he gets around our content, so he'll probably get a kick out of the... Uh, out of the mention here, but he's just announced in his podcast that uh, he will no longer be on the podcast moving forward. He's, um, I guess, priorities in life have changed and he just found that he didn't have the time to dedicate to building and growing something like the Neverlate podcast. Um, it's not going to be the end of it, though. Moses is going to be um, carrying it on and he'll have a new... Uh, partner in crime in I think it was Scott Kelly from memory don't hold me to it but um, yeah he's he's going to have a new co-host there and I think from what AO said in uh, a comment online he's still kind of going to be on the socials but he's looking to maybe explore um, his hobbies in photography a little bit more so automotive photography and stuff like that so that'll be cool to see Um, hopefully this frees up a bit of time for you to enjoy that sweet clubby. He's got that red VR clubby or VS clubby, VS clubby. Um, hopefully you enjoy that, mate. And uh, thanks for all the content that you've produced over the years as well as, I say, the mutual support because um, we do appreciate it. Every single one of you that watch, not just him, all of yous. Yeah, it blows me away. But, uh, yeah, there's two, two big blows for the... Uh, content creation i guess that's the bit where we say that you're no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) all righty shall we move on sure Paying a visit to the comments section under the, in under the bridge. I guess the most comments that we got on in the last month was when we got people to try and guess how much horsepower my ute was going to make. <laughs> there was some interesting There was a guesses. lot of good guesses, actually. I, I, I think agree. the majority of them were fairly sensible. Yeah. I there, think. There were a couple of outliers on either end. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, a lot of people were sort of between that, what was it, about... 270 and 350 sort of sort of range yeah. was most of them. Um, there was a couple of people expecting to see about 400 kilowatt out of it, and I thought, out of a stock bottom end five litre, probably not in this lifetime. <laughs> well, not for a long time. If you're going to make that kind of power, it's going to be pretty short-lived. Um, I think some people forget that that car, and well, majority of five litres, they make about 180 rear wheel horsepower stock between 180 and 200 is probably where you're going to land yeah um so we put 11 pound of boost in it and it makes 330 the theory kind of tracks doesn't it if you put another atmosphere on top of it it should double the horsepower because you got another atmosphere of air which means you can put double the fuel in ta-da there you go yeah double the power um so if we were to put 14 say it makes 180 stock 14 pounder boost, theoretically should make 360. So the 330 is pretty well spot on the money, isn't it? Yep. So I think a lot of people um, got the math. The math was mathing. But yeah, there, there were a lot 
that sort of agreed with us was going to be sort of around that 270-ish mark cause of, just because of the age of it. Yeah, it's an old pump. Yeah. It's not intercooled. You've got the standard camshaft, which is probably the biggest holdback at this point. Mm. Stock valve springs. Can't it was cool it. to see people guessing, though. Yeah, absolutely. Involved. Yeah. But if you think that you're going to get 500 wheel out of a stock bottom end 5 litre, look, it's been done. Pretty, Not with that it? supercharger. Nah. Was, uh, Jeff Johnson did it with a turbo? Yeah, I think so. A Commodore Ute. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was an E85 with a turbo. I think they managed to crack 500 wheel with the stock bottom end. I don't know how long it lasted, though. But um, Probably forever. <laughs> you reckon? Oh, there's, there's a lot of things that come off the dyno that he's done that you're like shit that couldn't that couldn't last that long surely and they just keep going and going and going so yeah like anything i guess it depends who's who's the nut job behind the steering wheel as well yeah also true so also true um was there anything from the comments that you saw over the last month that you wanted to bring up anything no in particular no not really not at all no no it was pretty quiet really for the most part just want to say a big thanks to all you guys that um, got in and supported the content that we put out. Obviously, we put out the um, video of fixing the ute, which was a very far departure from our normal um, content. And th- there was a lot of people supporting that. So thanks heaps to all you legends. Um, but yeah, short segment for that one. Thanks to everyone who got in with their guesses, though. It was good fun. Last segment. Our favourite. Hello? Blower wine. Blower wine. This is where you guys can get in, send us a voicemail, and we can uh, talk about it. If you'd like to send us a voicemail, go to talkhub.com.au. There's a red button on the right-hand side where you can send us a voicemail with anything with a microphone, doesn't matter whether it's your phone, laptop, PC, whatever. At any time of the day or night. That's it, right. It we... does not need to be when the podcast is running or even just before, whenever. Yeah. We whenever get a you lot feel of... the need. If you feel like you want to send a message to ask about sending a message, send us a message. Yeah. We get a lot of people who send us a DM going, hey, when, when should I send through a voicemail? It's like... Mate, when now. you sent that message is now. when you should have sent the voicemail because the voicemail inbox is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If it's 2 a.m. and you've had a belly full of booze and you want to ask or you want to tell us a cool story about your car. Or about anything, actually. Yeah. If you want to leave a, a good review or something of a product that you've just used, an Australian-made product would be nice, or a workshop or something, you just want to spread the love, do that. We'd love to hear from you. We see we got hit up by uh, good friends from the far east again, Max. Oh, Max Peding Rods. Yes, another one. I reckon that we're up to about thirty-eight thousand. Yeah. So I <laughs> politely told him that we we weren't interested on one of the comments again. 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 Thank you, but no thank you. Yeah. If you keep coming, then the next one is probably going to start with "fuck off." <laughs> Because we've tried to be polite. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. This first one from Blower One actually isn't a voicemail because Old Mate wants to stay anonymous, which is fair. But just so you know, if you want to stay anonymous on the voicemail, you can. You just 
where it says to type in your name, just type anonymous. Hip hop anonymous. Yeah, or Nanya. Or Nanya. Yeah, Whatever. Nanya business. Um, Make up a funny name, actually. That'd be better. Yeah. Or have, have you ever listened to the Alpha Blokes podcast? No. Every, no. So they have a... a I've talk- seen it. I know what, yeah. who they are. So they've right. got a talkback episode and everyone comes up with a funny nickname for themselves. Like they go, G'day boys, it's fucking, you know, the Southwest Sex Pest. Yeah. And you know, all whatever. It's fucking hilarious. So if you, if you want, call in with a funny nickname. Give us a laugh. Like I say, this one's an email. So I'll read it out to you real quick. Uh, here's a topic you might want to discuss. I'd be interested in your thoughts and reactions. What would you do if you were selling a hot rod and someone came to look at it and decided to sneakily fiddle with a few wires under the car while pretending to have a good look for rust? So then your coil would burn out and your fuel gauge doesn't work, but you only found out that the piece of shit did it after he left. Interested to hear your thoughts on what you'd do or what retaliation you'd plan. Cheers, fellas. Love your body. Keep it up. That all depends. So, here's... Obviously, he's trying to sell a nice car on Marketplace, you know, yada, yada, yada. Old mate's trying to get a couple of bob off the car. He wants to say that it's wrecked or ruined or fucked and try and get a few grand off. Now, back in the day, you'd go to the auctions at the wreckers or whatever, and that was a common bit of tomfoolery. You'd find a car that you kind of want to get, and you'd fuck with the dizzy wiring or whatever so it wouldn't start so they'd have to push it across the block which means half the people don't want to buy it because it doesn't run you know what i mean that's a you know a cheeky little way around it this guy's obviously trying to do the same thing but doing it on a private sale car particularly you know if you go into someone's house and you're it's pretty ballsy it's ballsy and probably opportunistic i would assume unless he already knew the car yeah He's obviously poked his head under and thought, oh, yeah. Playing, weird. weird, I don't know. Just playing weird. with the wires to burn out the coil and, yeah. If, here's the thing. If he had full intentions of buying the car and he knew, like, I think it's foul play anyway, right? But playing devil's advocate here. If he had full intentions of buying the car and the person selling it was, you know, a fair weather car person, for instance... You're trying to save a couple of bob. Mm. Like I say, I still think it's foul play. Oh, 100%. But if slimy no matter what way you look at it. But if you've got someone who knows their car, you know, it's someone's pride and joy and you can see that there's a lot of passion and hours put into it, not just a checkbook racer. And you're going in there and you're fucking up with someone's shit. That's not okay. No, No matter who it is, it's slimy. Yeah. But the question was, what would you do about it now? If you're like me... (laughs) <laughs> and 75 kilos dripping wet and the dude's seven foot and he's in a club <laughs> and he could beat you to a pulp. What are you going to What can you do? Yeah. You know what I mean? We can all stand here and say, I'll do this and I'll do that, but let's be realistic. Well, here's the thing. Usually as a seller, say you're going to, the car's at your house or it's, you know, at a storage facility or whatever. So they know where the car is at that point. Unless a lot of people now are, taking their car on a trailer to an inspection at a neutral place, which is probably smart. But you don't know where the buyer lives usually. If you knew where the buyer lives, well, then you'd just go around there with Roundup and you'd draw a giant cock on his front lawn or, yeah. you know, uh, put a tiny pebble under his 
tire valve cap so I had a slow leak on his tire and get a flat somewhere. That's that's another yeah, favourite. See of how one. creative you can get. Yeah, but. Yeah. I'd want to, for me to do any sort of retaliation, first of all, I would want to witness it firsthand, like know exactly what's going on, yeah. rather than, because, fuck man, the amount of times I get things wrong that people have, family members, oh, where have you put this, or what have you done with that, and you get mad, and then you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I, uh, I fucked that up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think this one's pretty cut and dry. If yeah, the car but was... I mean, yeah, we're just hearing a story, aren't we? But yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't think there's, t- you know, whatever. Yeah. Don't let us stress you out too much. Might put a post. It's not worth. It's not worth going to court or jail over. Anything. No. Yeah. No, so. no. You're not going to go around there with a baseball bat wrapped no. in barbed wire trying to flog someone. But yeah, you'd be. You'd probably be a bit warm at the start. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I might put a post up on the Facebook page. People can chime in with uh, with their ideas. Try. We'll keep old mate anonymous, obviously. But um, we'll see. See what people reckon because it's an interesting one. It's disheartening. It is disheartening, you're right. And this once again, this comes down to why people now are putting their car on a trailer or, or driving it to a neutral third party location, you know, go down to a shopping centre car park and do it there because you don't necessarily want people coming to your place of residence. Yeah. Buying and selling stuff these days, I actually try to avoid it. I've always avoided it. I buy lots of things but I don't sell jack. Yeah, yeah. I was lucky, actually, I need to put a, I'm putting a new ZF in the Falcon, and yeah. I was just so lucky, I was lucky enough to have a friend that had one sitting there locally, so I didn't have to make the two-hour trip to Perth when I did find one yep. for a turbo ZF, so that just saved me a lot of hassle, I was so thankful. Yeah. He had one sitting there for a, uh, a project that I sort of managed to talk him into selling it to me, so it was good, I didn't have to, because no one deals with cash anymore either, like, just even yeah. trying to get cash out is hard work there's no atms around here yeah there's banks are closing down like crazy and that's another that's subject. another subject for <laughs> another day and another platform but yeah even even just the hassle of having to transfer money like i don't do the um pay id yeah i don't do that shit or anything like that i I can transfer do a transfer or whatever but sometimes that doesn't happen straight away so it just makes it awkward yeah it's painful so yeah Try to avoid. I try to avoid it anyway. If there's something, I'll, that's why I got so much shit laying around here. I think. Yeah. Because I just can't be bothered dealing with people. It's also not a bad thing doing what we're doing when we want to build more cars later on or whatever. It's going to be handy to have these parts laying around. For sure. One day. Yeah. But coming soon to the channel, the daily. We'll probably make a video on that. We might. We also might not. Yeah. <laughs> got to change. If you're not around, we won't make a video. <laughs> got to change the gearbox on the daily because it's got a whole bunch of neutral no it's just a little bit upset it's a bit upset slightly disgruntled yeah (laughs) shall we move on to the next sure yeah righto boys come on hurry up and get a turbo on that mag machine you got there you know you want to bleed everyone's ears on the internet with that disgusting sound that's going to come out of that thing (laughs) <laughs> that could only be one person. You reckon? Yeah. That's got to be Reese from RK Garage, I reckon. Yeah, that was my guess. <laughs> he didn't leave his name. The name that he put in was You Know Who It Is, and you're probably right. I think we did know who I it was. I hope we know who it is. Yeah, it might be someone else. Imagine it, it could was. be someone else. But nah, 
If there was ever anyone that was going to fly the flag for a turbo eco, it'd be that guy. And, the, and the horrible noise it'll make. He's certainly passionate about that platform. And yeah. it works so good. Yeah. I wish they sounded better. And he knows that. Yeah. Any Most V... Well, not most. I think all V6s, just, that's just their downfall, isn't it? Yeah. Even like your... Your VR38, like all that stuff. It's the VR38 of a 35 GDR sounds like an, ex- an Ecotech with an exhaust. They sound horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, when you watch like the stuff on YouTube where they're like the really fast ones and they're all on the, on the chip doing their burnout, they all sound... Just that's all that exact same sound. Yeah. Yeah, like you, you can't beat uh, in the Nissan stuff, the RB. Yeah. Oh. There's no, that's the sound I can get around. Absolutely. We got to do one of them at some point. Yeah. It's not as good as a pushrod V8 to me. Pushrod V8 sort of reigns supreme for me. Yeah. But straight six stuff is quite good too. Yeah. With turbo on it. No yeah. one wants to hear a barra. No. Naturally aspirated. They are vomit too. Yeah. Really bad. You're dead right though. We do have to hurry up and do something with that ute. It unfortunately has been pushed further back again because we do have another project coming in shortly which yeah. has higher priority i might need to touch base with nick actually because it was probably supposed to be here by now you yeah. might be waiting for me maybe don't ever wait for me bro no you'll be waiting I'll a while yeah i'll see where he's at but um yeah unfortunately it sucks because we've probably started talking about it over a year ago and we've still done nothing yeah. um i'd I'd love to say that it'd be done this year, but it's unlikely. But we also do want to get a party car happening because obviously we care about our cars a bit too much to to beat up on them too aggressively. So it'd be really nice to get some content happening. Um, Something more low fast for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So put the turbo on that and then maybe if we throw that out, you know, throw the leg out of bed, maybe we can do the RB in that. Who knows? It's a, it's a good mule... Um, to fucks with we've just got to unfortunately find the time but thanks for calling in dude and thanks for holding us accountable <laughs> hey boys just thought i'd reach out and ask you boys a question i'm currently on lunch break and thought i would just uh send a voicemail because why not let's just listen to the potty up in, in the morning um but yeah recently bought a hate series kingswood um and looking at lowering it obviously just want to keep it original caps just lower it six bang at the moment but obviously bigger plans in the future um but just wanted to ask you boys what you think's best and if you know any, any recommendations or any little tips and things like that um but yeah have a looked at lowered springs and um lowered shocks but um i've heard that they run real stiff and they're not too good but then i've also heard there's a little tip that most older guys are running uh they run lh or lx tirana springs um and i believe that because Toronto's a bit of a lighter car, if you put it in Kingswood, uh, it tends to sag a bit. So they are softer springs from what I've heard, um, but it makes the car nice and low and sits not too bad. Um, apparently handles not, not the worst. Um, or obviously the easiest and most alternative option is just chopping the springs. Um, but as you know, it's a Kingswood. I don't really plan on doing that. I feel like it's kind of shonky to do that. Um, but let me know if you guys know any other tips or little tricks or anything from friends or families and things like that. Um, I would love to hear your opinion. Um, and yeah, I would appreciate it. But thanks for the potty, boys. I'd love to keep it going. Can't wait to see guests on it soon. Especially uh, some maybe Burnout Masters or Shakes Drop Shop and things like that.
What's he doing throwing shade on the choppies? Hey, how dare you, mate? No, 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 no. But how good, though, on the lunch break, throw in a cheeky voicemail. That's perfect. That's how it's done. That's what we're talking about. You're sitting there, you've been listening to the potty and you thought of a question, just hit it before you forget. Because if you like Kurt, you'll forget 30 seconds later. Yeah. Uh, That's the thing with lowered springs, dude. They do ride harder. And particularly if you're going to put lower profile tires on it, that's going to make it exponentially worse. So if you can fit the Tirana style springs it's kind of the same with the Commodores people will run like a Barina style rear spring that's just so they can lower it more though really but also because it's for a lighter car when you put more weight on it it gives you a bit more squishy rather than the us in the back yeah what with the like inch of travel you have left yeah yeah, yeah. Me, I'm not a suspension guy by any any stretch of any imagination yeah. but I would assume that you'd want a spring rate that is designed for the weight of your vehicle and then i think if you're worried about ride height just really spend some money on good shocks good yeah. shock absorbers will probably take a lot of that um that initial um jolt out of out of the ride height that's all in valving and stuff in the shock absorber i don't me just going off my head it doesn't make sense to sort of put a spring rate on a car that's much much lighter because you're just gonna give the shock absorber more work to do yeah in a way so that's that's how i would look at it um if you wanted a like a really good opinion on it you can't with h-series stuff you can't go past nelson at mcfry like you could probably send him a message or yeah. look at some of his content i'm sure you know he drifts those things around and his cars sit pretty nice yeah um, they do very knowledgeable sort of handy handy dude so he would definitely be one to ask he would he would have the answer for you on on a good combination of spring and shock that's going to give you a good, good uh, ride quality. He was going to be my recommendation to yeah, McFry Motorsport or Billet Bust, uh, yeah, Billet Buttons, um, are his two pages, and yeah, I mean that guy. Uh, yeah. He he does some ungodly things with these H series taxis, and uh, like I say, they they handle well and they sit right. He would have some on a video of his somewhere. If you don't watch his stuff. Go and check it out anyway. It's pretty good pretty good content and his cars are sick. Yeah. So and he does it all himself for the most part. So probably check through the library. You might have some some gold right there that you can just copy and paste into your your own build. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for reaching out. Yeah. Sorry we're not H series experts. That's it's generally not our wheelhouse, but I hope uh turns out sick, dude. Obviously start what did you say? Starting with a six banger. But yeah. he's got some plans, so yeah. Once you do something cool with it, man, show us. Send us a photo or something. That was my first car I ever bought was a HZ one-tonner. Yeah, the boys. 202, Aussie four-speed, radial tune suspension, of course. Ooh, stop it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a project that I was going to do. I mean, it ran and drove and I wanted to do a custom train, all that stuff. I didn't end up getting there because I just bought the, the Commodore before I even got my license. So I sort of had two cars before I even got my license and then, yeah, I just drove that thing into the ground instead and sold the Montana. Yeah. But yeah, I do like H-series stuff. It's, I love it. I'm coming around to it. I was never a massive fan of um, HQs. I was more the KTG sort of fiend. But um, yeah, I'm starting to come around to the HX, HZ sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they are nice. I think it's just maturing with age. Yeah, I've always liked it. 
Yeah. It's just hard to find good ones as well, though, aren't you? They were, probably were fairly affordable back when we were first driving around, but we wanted, we were sort of more into the Commodore stuff anyway. Yeah. But yeah, there's some nice HQ builds, like HQ builds that are getting me excited, that's for sure. Yeah. I used, to, I'm, probably my favourite would be the HK Monaro, but the Q's, like, I'll see a good Q and I'm like, ooh. Did you see that Monaro that Aiden Stamparley had, an old gold survivor? Mm. He just sold it. It's gone oh, to really? Canberra. Yeah, okay. That thing was cool as shit. But you wouldn't want to do anything with it because yeah. it was stock paint, stock interior, like certainly not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but very nice, you yeah. know, for what it was. So I hope the new owner gets a lot of enjoyment out of that. Yeah, g'day guys. Brandis here. Just want to shout out. Um, last podcast is pretty cool. Hit the nail on the head with the topic of summer nuts. Pretty sure you guys explained most of it. Um, just want to shout out to Lost Racing. Went down there today to get some fittings and I was in a bit of a scatterbrain mode trying to work out what I wanted. Uh, it wasn't making much sense to myself and they knew exactly what I wanted and had it all in stock. So, yeah, definitely going back to Lost Racing and the pricing was pretty uh, spot on. Um, wasn't overly expensive for what we got. So, yeah, definitely uh, be using Lost Racing again. Uh, keep up the podcast. Love it. Thanks, Brandis. That's fucking prime. I love to hear it. Yeah, that is awesome. Thank you for using a company that supports us in what we do um, and, and showing that support to them. Like you say, the girls in there probably know what you need better than you do. They've helped us immensely over the years of, you know, even before we had the channel, purchasing stuff, the Speedflow stuff in particular, um, through Lost Racing, and they are a full bottle. They know. They know boats. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're definitely easy to deal with. What, what I do, because usually I order most of the stuff we need because it's usually here. Um, I try and make it as easy as I can for them because mm. they do look after us. So I don't, I don't want to... Um, Although, obviously, they know what they're doing and you can go in there and not even really know exactly what you need and they can sort you out. What I try to do is I've got the book. So I recommend anyone that's sort of looking at doing some plumbing on their car at any point in time. It's so handy. I know it's all online and you can go... Like, Speedflow themselves have a good website. Lost Racing have a good website. But having the book on hand where you can... Yeah. just look through your different fittings and adapters because there's quite often for a solution there's probably there's at least two different ways to do a lot of different things depending on how much room you have and and all those kind of things so it's good to have a book and then the part number's right there so what i, I do is i just email because it's all there really easy i'll just have the part number the quantities and i just send it off and it's so easy yeah um i went through exactly this so triggers is a a mutual acquaintance of ours uh, who I work with and he's getting ready to do some plumbing on a project of his. And so while I was at work, I downloaded the Speedflow catalogue and printed it out. Um, so you had it there in front of you. Same as what you're saying. If, if you don't want to order the catalogue from Speedflow or pick one up from Lost Racing, you can download it from the Speedflow website. Having it in front of you in paper form for me is key. When you're trying to flip through different pages online, click on that fitting. No, that's not it. Go back, refresh, whatever. It's a fuck around. It's it's time consuming. Absolutely. Far easier to have the old school book 
in front of you. If you got it on paper, you can just flip the page and it's got multiple part numbers for everything. If you're doing an AN thing, particularly like a fuel system, try and stand there with the car and draw yourself a map, I reckon. So you're right, I need a hardline adapter here and then a hose end. Then I need two meters of hose, hose end, filter, you know, like literally break it down. You're never going to get all the fittings that you need on the first order because you're always going to forget something or fuck up an angle or because you're going to think that you need a 90 there, but really it probably needs a 60, you know, whatever. There's always going to happen. But the good thing is, is that when you do map that out and you've got the book in front of you, you can make that list with the part numbers. And like you say, that makes life really easy for the guys at Lost Racing. And if you do get it wrong, you just take that fitting back to Lost Racing and they'll exchange it for the right one that you need. There's yeah, that never... Un- that unused fitting. Yeah, yeah. There's never a problem insurmountable for them. It's really good. Yeah. So. so, yeah, even if you don't want to do the part number thing there... They're there and they can sort you yeah. out for sure. They if you tell them that you need a dash six ninety degree hose end, they're going to know what the part yep. number is. <laughs> yeah, and even even I mean we're fairly proficient with that catalog now. We've ordered yeah so many fittings over the years, tons and tons of fittings. So we yeah. sort of know what we want. But every now and again, Leslie or Marilyn will be like, "Oh, did you want this or that? Like a steel fitting or whatever." So there's di- different options, and even. One of the last times there was a, a huge price rise on a particular, I think it was a filter or something, and Leslie rung me up and was just double-checking because I was ordering um, multiples just to make sure I was happy with with the price and all that kind of thing. So yeah, super helpful. I, every time I've got to deal with them, I enjoy it. Yeah, It's never, it's never uh, a hassle, which no. is good. And it's kind of rare sometimes. In, You're in, right. With um, especially things like that, there's just so many different parts and and stuff like that. So it's it's nice to just be dealing with people that not only look after us but they know what they're doing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's good and and it's good to hear that you guys are using using sort of people we recommend. So. Yeah, and it's good to hear that you're having the same experience as us. So calling in and saying that you know came in scatterbrained and walked out with it exactly what he needed. Yeah. That's you're not just hearing it from us because they're supporters of the channel. This is, you know, a genuine off-the-street customer with a genuine testimonial. So if it doesn't matter where you are in Australia, they'll post it Australia-wide. You can call Lost Racing and uh, for all of your speed flow needs. And they got heaps of other stuff too, like they got all exhaust parts and, you know, they're, they're a mechanical workshop as well. Yep. So um, if, if you do need something, check out their website or give them a call because they're great supporters of Talk Hub and uh, we appreciate you guys getting around them. Yeah, and if you did hear about them through us... Let them know. Yeah, let them know so they can, um, they can see they're getting some sort of ROI on the, on the help that they do give us. So it always... It. it doesn't go astray. It helps yeah. us. There's certainly no incentive for them to uh, help out two losers from the southwest that build cars in their shed. But uh, if they do hear from you guys, then it might encourage them to continue to do so. We would have used them anyway, and we were using them. So. That's, that's right, yeah. We were already customers, and we will be moving forward. Thanks again for calling in, dude. Like I say, if any of you guys want to get in touch, if you are just had something spring to mind while you're listening to the potty, head to the website, talkhub.com.au, press the red button, send us a voicemail. While you're there, check out the merch store. If you like, you can get yourself a hat, a t-shirt, a hoodie. Actually, we're very low on hoodies, which is okay because it's the middle of summer. But 
we should probably get onto that soon, dude. Stubby holders, stickers, stickers are back in stock. I will put them on the store this week. Um, anything you'd like to add, mate? No, I think that's it. You covered it pretty well. Excellent. So, we're running out of excuses. It's time to get back onto the wagon. We'll probably get your daily working shortly. And yeah, then... soon. I've got to send a converter off to get cut open and just checked out, make sure it's all good. Um, putting a new uh, trans cooler in it, blah, 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 because they, they're renowned for blowing up. So, get a new one in there. And a few other bits and pieces. And, yeah, get that in and out so we can get cracking. Yep. On my end, I've got a couple of domestic things to uh, take care of. Um, and then I really should get my K-frame and stuff off to powder coat so we can get my VH back on four wheels and then get ready to start plumbing up some brakes. Yep. So that's something that we'll be getting into moving forward. And like we said, there is a new project on the horizon. Might be the end of this month or start of next month maybe. But yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that. Thanks heaps for listening or for watching, depending on what platform you're on. That's it. We do appreciate it. And uh, we'll hopefully get a guest on here soon. I think we should aim, shoot for that. Yeah, we'll try and tee someone up. So if you uh, know anyone that might want to jump on, it <laughs> might be cool to talk to. Yeah, someone interesting. We'll put them in the queue. We'll put them in the queue. Someone more interesting than us, which wouldn't be difficult. Yeah. That's it from us. Thanks for listening to the Talk Hub podcast. We'll catch you on the next. See ya.